This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to today's episode of The Share Interview. I'm Vicky Sayers. In today's ever-evolving technical world, we're becoming increasingly reliant on technology of all kinds, both at work and at home. But in doing so, are we opening ourselves up to cyber attacks without even realising it? Research from cybersecurity experts and cyber security has revealed that as more and more things become connected to the internet, things like wireless home sensor networks, smartphones and wearable tech, we're leaving ourselves wide open to cyber attacks. Now that's all because of something called the Internet of Things, and joining me to explain exactly what that is, is the Vice President of Global Sales from Encipher Security, Peter Carlyle. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you, Vicky. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to, uh, to be uh, able to, uh, to talk to you today. So, Peter, first things first, what is the Internet of Things? So uh, it's it's literally um, um, I mean, it's, it's literally what it what it sounds like, which is uh, you know a, a vast uh, proliferation of things that are uh, that are connecting themselves to the internet. So if we uh, if we go back to when we first started to have internet uh, connectivity, then it was typically through a computer, which was um, you know which is a, a fairly uh, sophisticated device where uh, you know you, you know who you are, you have a user profile, and you're you're connecting to the internet using. Uh, various different protocols, passwords, accounts, and so forth. What we're seeing now um, is a proliferation of much more simple single-use devices, which are um, attaching themselves to the internet because they need to deliver some sort of service mm. or application through the cloud. Um, examples would be things like um, the, the doorbell that you can now control from your smartphone and see who's standing at your front yeah. door, or, uh, or perhaps a security camera that you can plug into uh, to your wireless hub at home and uh, see what's happening with your uh, with your dogs while you're out at work. Um, and perhaps in a more sophisticated environment, it's uh, it's robots, um, robot arms performing microsurgery in uh, in hospitals. So all over the world and in all sorts of applications, we're seeing um, you know, devices, sort of single single use devices, as it were. Um, being built to connect to the internet, and of course they're uh, they're accessing data, sometimes personal data, medical data, password, Wi-Fi data, um, and to be honest, a lot of these devices have been built to perform a task. Um, and security perhaps wasn't the first thing on the on the designers' mind when they started building it. So you have an awful lot of uh, devices connecting to the internet now, performing hundreds of thousands of different tasks. And often the security uh, that's built into those devices is minimal or, in fact, in some cases, non-existent. So if you're uh, um, responsible for managing, uh, managing a network um, for, a, for a, um, an organization of some description, then the, the number of these devices that are appearing on your, uh, on, on your network can be a real headache. And managing them and uh, you know, having some degree of control over them is, uh, is a challenge for businesses. Wow. So that sounds like an incredibly far-reaching thing. Um, and Encipher's research is particularly looking at threats posed by the Internet of Things to businesses. Um, why is it such a danger? Well, um, so, so, the, so the situation is that you've got, um, you know, you've got uh, Internet of Things devices um, attaching to the, uh, to the network. And if you can't... Uh, 
if you can't understand what those devices are uh, and what they're doing, um, then you can't uh, then you can't be certain that uh, there's no um, um, yeah, there's, there's, there's no uh, nefarious business going on or, or, or data being harvested or collected because obviously uh, you know some, some devices can be could perhaps be uh, could perhaps be uh, hacked into from, a, from by an external source because they you know they, they, they might be be weak in themselves in security so uh, um, so as a, as a business it's really important to to understand everything that's attached to your network, what it is, where it's come from, what it's doing, um, and whether or not it gets asked perhaps to do something different all of a sudden, which uh, which it shouldn't be doing. So being able to um, to identify and analyze and uh, uh, you know assess what's connected to the network is, is critical for uh, um, you know for, for businesses. Right. So if these safeguards aren't put in place, what sorts of threats or results are we are we looking at here? Well, uh, there's a number of different things. I mean, we could see uh, um, an IoT device being being altered, um, you know, through um, you know, through the application of malware or some other kind of cyber attack. So, in other words, a device being used to do something other than what it was uh, originally built for, which could be to uh, you know unlock some data or, uh, or or cause cause trouble on a network. Um, the device could perhaps be remotely controlled by uh, by an external and unauthorized user. Um, so, so typically, that's what we're what, that's what we're looking at. So, uh, um, there will be data passing through all of these Internet of Things devices. Um, they will be attached to uh, to a network and potentially be a route into that network for uh, for hackers or uh, or, or similar um, similar folks up to no good. So, um, uh, that that's really that's really the challenge. It's making sure that those devices aren't accessed or uh, um, or uh, used by, by by somebody else from outside the company who's not authorised to be inside the network. Okay, so you've got these businesses investing in all these sorts of increased uh, connectivities and connections. But am I, uh, am I to understand it then that they aren't also investing in the means to counter any potential cyber threats? Well, um, perhaps not as much, uh, not as, much as, uh, as they should. So what, what we're looking at really is uh, obviously we have a process called PKI, uh, Public Key Infrastructure. And this is a, a set of hardware, software, policies, processes and procedures that are that are required to create and manage distribute use store um, digital certificates and uh, and public keys so in other words it enables the use of uh, of, of technologies such as um, digital signatures and and, and and encryption so so most organizations uh, have PKI in in their IT strategy somewhere uh, and it, it enables them to uh, to turn on a new digital initiatives get into the cloud um, utilize mobile mobile devices more freely and of course enables some um, usage of, of IOT but the the growth of IOT is such that it's very difficult for organizations to keep up and, and I think this is where the, this is where the problem is coming in mm-hmm. so we see a lot of organizations um, feeling that perhaps more than um, more than half of organizations that we've surveyed believe that uh, their, their current PKI setup won't support new uh, new applications uh, which usually isn't true um, organizations see significant technical uh, barriers to uh, to increasing their PKI usage, uh, including challenges with legacy applications and so forth, or perhaps skills and, and resources issues. Um, and, and perhaps, um, you know, critically, uh, almost three quarters of, um, of organizations are saying that they don't see any clear ownership of, of, of to whose problem this is. So there is an investment issue, um, but I think it's, it's compounded by the fact that perhaps organizations can't understand exactly where the problem sits. And 
you know, who, who, who owns the problem moving forward. So, so I think we see a lot of organisations who are aware of an issue, mm-hmm. um, have that feeling that something, something must be done, um, but aren't quite clear on, uh, you know, how to apportion budget, how to apportion ownership, how to manage the process. So uh, um, therefore, it is, it's growing as an issue. And uh, I think simply put, you could say organisations not, in, not investing enough um, either time or money into resolving the problem. And I think that's a, that's a fairly clear, clear, uh, clear statement. So is it getting to the point where um, there should be some some more clear guidelines or regulation in place to make sure that businesses invest in protecting themselves to a certain uh, level? Well, the regulatory question is an interesting one, and and, and we we may well come come back to that a bit more later on. But Mm -hmm. um, I mean, typically, most most developed uh, economies now are governed by some form of of data protection regulation, such as GDPR, um, governing the... uh, countries uh, or businesses who uh, who do business with the European Union. So that's a fairly wide-reaching uh, regulation that uh, puts a duty of care on organizations to uh, to take responsibility and ownership and, and, and protect data both of their of their employees and, and, and customers. So you could argue that uh, the necessary regulatory issues are in place um, because I think uh, you know, if a, an organisation was to be uh, was to be breached and the source of that breach turned out to be uh, an IoT device that hadn't been properly uh, you know, properly identified or managed, I don't think there would be any kind of mitigation. So I think you know, you'd fall foul of the regulations. So I think regulatory uh, coverage or, or direction is there. Uh, I, I think it's more to do with the uh, you know organisation struggling to. Uh, to, to understand exactly what it is that needs to be done. Um, so I, th- I think it's up to, uh, you know, organizations like ourselves, mm. uh, you know, to, to provide that, uh, to provide that guidance and, and that, uh, and, and that clarity. So, I mean, is there an argument that businesses are potentially underestimating how dangerous all of this can be and kind of adopting a waiting until the horse has bolted scenario? Um, yes. Uh, and and I, I suppose that's, um, you know that's that that's been a bit of a recurring theme with the uh, with, with the world of uh, of data security over recent years. Uh, you know we had the the uh, the big dash to uh, be ready for GDPR, and a lot of organisations uh, didn't really take that seriously until the the um, uh, the legislation had been uh, had been rolled out. And then there were others who felt that it, it was going to be toothless and, and, and it wouldn't be applied. And then all of a sudden, we've seen um, earlier this year a couple of uh, significant fines handed out, obviously, to Marriott Hotels and, and, and British Airways. Um, so there's another rush to comply now because people are realizing that the um, the legislation certainly does have teeth and, and that some significant fines will be applied. But but I can't help but uh, but sense that we still have a, an element of that it'll never happen to me culture yeah. prevalent in a, in, a lot, in a lot of businesses. And it doesn't matter how many other people you know, they see it happening to and how many horror stories there are on the on the front page of the papers and how many peers and competitors get, get picked up by fines. There are still certain organizations and individuals who just think, no. It's not going to happen to us, which mm-hmm. um, which I think is, uh, is is a little short-sighted. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
So I know, of course, the research from Encipher does focus more on the business side of things, but I'm sure there'll be people listening now who are now uh, slightly concerned about the fact that they've now got their kind of smart homes installed, uh, the increasing options of controlling their home systems remotely from their own phones. Um, How can we protect ourselves from these dangers on an individual level? Well, there are certain. Uh, I mean, there are there are certain basic things that uh, we should obviously always uh, always do, um, which is to to make sure that we've we've activated uh, whatever available security there is on uh, on on devices, and that we've changed uh, changed and set uh, passwords away from any factory default settings. I mean, obviously, the the, the typical example is. Uh, you know, when you get your your mobile phone for the first time and activate your voicemail account, it typically has a you know zero 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 as the factory pin. Um, and if you don't change that, it's possible to to dial into anybody's mobile phone and pick up their voicemails. As, as, as obviously we uh, we had uh, a lot of um, um, news about that a few years ago when various newspaper journalists were employing employing exactly that tactic. Um, so so there's, there's there's doing the basics. There's enabling security. There's there's making sure you've set uh, set proper passwords. Um, uh, and you're not relying on factory defaults, and that you're using different passwords um, for different um, for different applications and devices, and don't fall into the trap of of having one handy password that you just keep using over and over again. Because obviously, if that's if that's compromised, then that potentially opens the door to uh, to lots of other uh, you know lots of other routes into your to your personal data. So I think um, you know being being sensible, um, deploying passwords, keeping those up to date, using different passwords, mm. and uh, and trying trying as much as possible not to be uh, not to be careless. I mean we've all seen examples of uh, you know people talking loudly on mobile phones to their, uh, their 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 bank and giving away all sorts of personal data at the top of their voice or uh, you know leaving uh, leaving laptops on um, on train on train tables while they go to the buffet car so anybody can walk up and see what's on the screen. So, so I think, you know, generally speaking, you know, we, we need to be, uh, be mindful of what, um, uh, what information, uh, we're, we're allowing others to have access to and, 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 and take, uh, you know, take some fairly basic precautions. And that, and that goes up, that goes a long way to, uh, to helping with the problem. Great. And, and we are, of course, quite used to the idea of um, security uh, within the financial and government sectors. Um, do we need to kind of wise up to the fact that we need to be as serious about that now with, um, with when it comes to the Internet and, and connectivity and all those sorts of things? Yes. Uh, I mean, one of the things that I've certainly uh, certainly seen over the last few years um, is is the fact that it's it's very clear now that security is is everybody's problem uh, and security um, or everybody's challenge. Um, and it's certainly something that crosses over all of the vertical markets and all of the geographies and all of the different industries. Uh, if we go back a few years, it was very much... Um, you know, we spent most of our time talking to talking to governments and banks about the need for security, and everybody understood that uh, that uh, you know banks have to take precautions because they're they're they're, they're managing money. Um, but um, I had a, a meeting uh, you know a couple of years ago with, uh, um, with the IT uh, team at a, at a supermarket, and of course the supermarket, um, like many supermarkets, were running. Uh, a loyalty scheme, a sort of loyalty scheme where they, uh, they they collect lots of data on you, so they're able to market products uh, that, that 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 suits you. Mm. Um, and I was questioning their uh, their security posture at the time, 
And they pushed back saying, well, look, you know, Peter, we're, we're not a bank. Um, I said, no, you're not a bank. And the, and the reality is that, that you actually have an awful lot more personal data about your customers than any bank ever would. Um, you know the children's birthdays. You know there's a vegetarian in the family. Um, you know, you know uh, <laughs> all, all these you know, shoe sizes, all, all of these different things because you're, you know, you're harvesting this data so that you can, uh, so you can market, um, market products. So the reality is that um, you know, a lot of organized service industries Retailers, um, uh, you know, carry much, much more personal data about us than than traditional uh, financial and government institutions, um, and I think that uh, you know that's become clear now, and we're certainly seeing a growth of uh, um, a growth of interest in in developing a security position position in lots of lots of vertical markets. Uh, that the med- the medical sector is one that's been particularly um, particularly challenged at the moment and that brings us back to the, that IOT um, yeah. conversation that we started with uh, I mean you know, I, I mentioned earlier on the concept of, of, of robot arms performing uh, performing microsurgery and of course in order to do that the uh, the robot needs to know who you are and your medical history and what the what the treatment is that you're having um, and, and uh, there are thousands and thousands and thousands of those devices that are monitoring monitoring vital signs attached to beds um, you know performing roles in the operating theater so in, in any in any hospital environment at the moment, there are literally thousands of uh, of, of, of IoT devices that are connected and uh, and passing through, um, having patient data passing through them on a, on a sort of hourly basis. So so security is definitely uh, you know now out there as as everybody's challenge, and and it's moved right across the uh, right across the vertical market. So I think that that uh, that change has has, has happened, um, but but continues to happen as uh, you know as, as we see more and more organisations realising the uh, the scale of the issue and the, and the responsibility that they, need, that they need to take. So there seems to be a kind of recurring theme throughout our conversation of a, of a lack of understanding uh, within different businesses of, of how important it is for them to safeguard themselves. We're not a bank, that sort of comment there. Um, so what what do they need to do to take steps to to understand and then implement uh, ways of safeguarding themselves better? Well, there's, I mean, there's, uh, there are a lot of things to do. Uh, ultimately, it's about, uh, it's about having trust. Um, it's about having trust in your, in your network, and understanding um, what's connected, what it's doing, um, looking for, for changes in behaviour, um, encrypting, uh, encrypting data is, is a very strong practice, um, and is recommended by many of the, uh, of, of the regulatory organisations sitting behind the likes of likes of GDPR. And of course, if you're if you're going to encrypt, then you need to have keys because the only way you can you can unlock your encrypted data and and, and view it is by uh, is by having keys. So you need to manage and store um, those keys effectively as well. So so there are um you know there there are a number of uh, a number of, of practices um, to to do with uh, um, understanding, so understanding what's on your network, protecting the protecting the data through encryption and managing the uh, the keys that allow you access to that data. So, what can uh, NCypher Security specifically offer for businesses uh, in this in this question? Well, um, I mean, we're we're able to uh, um, to provide. Um, a significant uh, support around this whole uh, this whole PKI process, and as I say, that's uh, that's managing the uh, the hardware, the software, the policies, the processes, and the procedures. Um, 
behind um, managing, distributing, creating, revoking all, all of those digital certificates and, and, and keys. So, uh, so we can do that, and of course that enables then um, um, you know sim- simple use of, of things such as encryption and digital and digital signatures. So we're able, we're able to uh, you know to provide uh, a, a service around uh, around that PKI offering. So if we can all take uh, one thing away from from our chat today, businesses and individual people alike, what would you want that one thing to be? I think it's um, it's just really important to to, to understand that uh, every time uh, you you connect a device to to your, to your network, whether that's a, a home network or or a business network, you need you need to be very clear that you understand what it is. Um, and what um, and what access rights it has to your network, and what it's doing, and and how to monitor uh, how to monitor what it's doing for you. Uh, and I think sometimes we all get seduced by the uh, the application or the uh, or the service that the device is going to give us, and, and security becomes an afterthought. So uh, you know we uh, we plug something in, and all of a sudden it's on our network, and it's it's turning our lights on and off, or or it's allowing us to um, to check up on the on, on the dogs while we're out at work or whatever it is, and we don't really give a second thought to uh, you know where it was made, how it works, and the fact that it's giving a, a gateway into our uh, perhaps other um, other areas of our lives that we'd rather it didn't. So I think I think it's just that that uh, you know re- remember that every time you uh, you connect something to your to your network, there is potentially a risk attached to that, and just be mindful of that and understand uh, what you're uh, what you're doing and what that risk is. Peter Carlisle, it's been great to talk to you today. Thanks so much for taking the time to talk to me. That's my pleasure. Thank you. Uh, thank you once again for the invitation. And that's the latest for this episode of The Share Interview. Until next time.